Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. If you've been hanging out with us, you know that for a while now we've been going through the book of Galatians, and today is the day that we come to the end of the book of Galatians. We're going to look at the last eight verses, chapter 6, verses 11 through 18. But before we jump into that, I want to let you know kind of where we're going as we launch out from the book of Galatians. So as you know, tomorrow is Westminster Wednesday, so we'll continue our study looking at the Westminster Confession of Faith, just going in order through that, looking at a paragraph each week. Uh, And then our, our practice normally is to to go from New Testament to Old Testament, New Testament to Old Testament. So it's time for us to jump back into the Old Testament. But before we do that, we're going to do a little mini-series on David and Goliath. It's my absolute favorite story in the Bible. Uh, I've studied it a whole lot and uh, thought about it and written about it and preached on it a whole lot. It's just an absolutely incredible story that, that really lays out the gospel in this beautiful way and lays out the Christian life in, in a a surprising and incredible way and lays out the hope of the future uh, in this wonderful kind of typological way. So we're going to spend some time looking at the David David and Goliath story over the next three days. Uh, And then, of course, there will be Sermon Sunday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, David and Goliath, Sermon Sunday. And then starting next week, we're going to dive into the book of Esther. Esther is a fascinating book. I'll talk more about it next week when we get there. It, It never mentions God. I mean, how about that for a book of the Bible that that never actually mentions God? But that's what the book of Esther is. And But it's an incredible story, nonetheless, of God's deliverance of his providence that we're studying in, in the, the Westminster Wednesdays right now as we go through the fifth chapter. So that's the plan. Westminster Wednesday, David and Goliath for a few days, Sermon Sunday, and then we're jumping into the book of Esther. Now let me pray for us, and then I'll read Galatians chapter 6, verses 11 through 18. Father, we thank you for your word and ask that you would strengthen us by your word, that we might know your word, that we might believe your word, that we might rest more and more in Jesus Christ and in him alone. We ask this in Christ's most precious name. Amen. This is what Paul writes in Galatians chapter 6, verses 11 through 18. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation, And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Well, there's Paul's closing words to this incredible letter that he has written to remind the Galatians, (coughs) excuse me, to remind the Galatians of the gospel, to remind them of of the purity of the gospel, to remind them of this grand doctrine of justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And here he kind of just sums things up. He he begins with this reminder that, look, this is me writing to you, not somebody else. And, And he calls the people out again. 
he's, he's wanting the, the Galatians to know that the only reason that these people are concerned about your law keeping is because it makes them look good. It's that they want to make a good showing in the flesh. They want to avoid the persecution that comes with clinging to the cross of Christ. They want everybody to think that they're good and that they do what they're supposed to do and that they get others to do what, they, what they're supposed to do. But here's the problem with people like that. It, really, it's the problem with all of us, but it's always the problem with people who demand we keep the law. We read in verse 13, For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. See, that's the issue. That, that, that's how they, they operate. They know they don't keep the law. They know they can't keep the law. No one ever has. But if they can get other people to, then, then they can present themselves as teachers of the law. They can present themselves as, look, we enforce the law. We're all about the law. We're all about righteousness. We're all about being good. We're all about making other people do the right thing. And, and, and people can just assume that we do that too, even though they don't actually do that. Jesus had this same problem with the Pharisees, talking about how you know they, they were whitewashed tombs, that outwardly they looked everything was right, but inwardly it was dead bones that they heaped burdens upon people that they wouldn't even lift a finger to bear. See, this group of people, whether they be Pharisees, whether they be Judaizers, whether they be modern-day legalists, they all operate the same way. They demand that you live a certain way. They demand that you attain to a certain level of righteousness, but they themselves don't actually do that. But it feels better if they know they've gotten you to, then they can feel like they've done something. And other people can see that they're getting people to, I'm using air quotes here, to, to live righteous lives, and, and people will hold them up as pillars of the Christian community. And it's all a farce. It's all a complete farce. That's the reality of this situation. Now, the big issue, of course, is that they're getting the gospel wrong. But there's this secondary issue that Paul wants them to be aware of, that they're getting it wrong and they're pursuing the law, and it's not even out of a noble motivation. So he says, far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, Galatians, my boasting is in Jesus and his cross. And if I be persecuted, I be persecuted. Because it's by the cross of our Lord that the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. In other words, that right there, what Jesus did, the gospel, that he lived and died and rose again, that is my hope and nothing else. There's nothing in this world that's going to give me hope. There's nothing in this world that's going to give me security. There's nothing in this world that's going to give me identity. It's all found in Jesus Christ. He is my boast. And him alone. Not you, not ministry successes, not what I have or haven't done, not what I have or haven't convinced other people to do, not my leadership, not any of this. Christ and him alone. Why? He reminds them again, verse 15, 
Neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. That's the issue. Has the Spirit worked new life in you by working faith in you and applying to you the redemption of Jesus Christ and all the benefits that flow from it? That's what matters. Not your law-keeping, not whether you've been circumcised or kept the dietary laws or, or, or done whatever the, the people in your church are demanding of you. Has the Spirit of Christ worked new life in you? Is it true? Can, can it be said of you, the old is gone, the new has come? Can it, can it be said of you, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live? The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what matters. As for all who walk by this rule, this rule of the gospel, this rule that, that all that matters for our justification is the finished work of Jesus Christ. For everyone who walks by that rule, not all these other rules that people heap on us, not all the things that people demand that we do, but the rule that Jesus has satisfied God's wrath, that Jesus has fulfilled the law, that Jesus died in our place. Everyone who lives by that rule, peace and mercy be upon them. See, that's what we get in Christ. Along with justification, we get the peace and mercy of God. That's what we live in now. Not the anxiety and frustration of this world. Yes, we still live in this world with all its anxieties and frustrations, but we live there and in them with the peace and mercy of God. See, the gospel begins to redefine our entire life. As Paul wraps up this letter. From now on, let no one cause me trouble for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. He's basically saying, look, don't, don't bring it up again. It, it's settled. I've, I've not avoided the persecution of, of the cross that they're trying to avoid. He's been beaten. He's been left for dead. He's, he's endured the persecution. He's been and will be locked up. He's not trying to get out of any kind of suffering. And so in his mind, the matter's closed. It's settled. The gospel is clear. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen.